Hey there, this is Coach AA, and thanks for joining me for the December 20th edition. The first thing for today is about something I learned from a student and their drive and intent. The second thing, three quotes about realism, about work life, and that kind of stuff. And finally, sometimes showing up is not enough. What does that mean? And am I contradicting myself? And that kind of stuff. So let's get on with it. What I learned from this new student joining the quad. Now broadly, there are two kinds of people who end up training at the quad. The first group, and this is the vast majority, are beginners definitely to strength and conditioning, but sometimes beginners to fitness itself. Now this is a group we specialize in. This is a group that is extremely close to our hearts because this is where Raj and I started as complete beginners, as people who were clueless, as people who could not figure out how to get fit because Everything seemed right, everything was wrong, we had no idea what to do, and dumb experimentation led to smart experimentation, and that led to us figuring things out. So, beginners are, like I said, very, very special for us. Because we wanna move you out of that phase into a place where you know what's going on, and once you do, Nobody can ever confuse you again. The other group we have, much smaller in number, but this is the other group. Let's it's probably split 80-20. The other group we have are people who are pretty good with this fitness thing already. Maybe not necessarily strength and conditioning, but definitely have invested enough time, enough effort into fitness. These people come with drive, these people come with intent, and they're already well on their way. And they come to us because they wanna level up. Either it is the coaching or you know, the strength and conditioning aspect of it that attracts them. And again, this is a group that we closely identify with because these people end up being very similar to us. We just have maybe a few more years, and in some cases, maybe not. We have students who've been committed to fitness for pretty much as long as we have as well. Broadly, these are the two groups that we work with, and again, one's our past and one's our present. So we closely identify with both groups, and a lot of the times we work on trying to make the first group into the second group. It generally happens. We don't have to force anything. Now, what does this do to, what does this have to do with what um, I'm trying to con convey today? Well, a student of mine a few years ago, he joined us and he fits into the second group. Commitment, intent, and 
skills, in fact, were top-notch. He'd already been training very regularly. He took this fitness thing extremely seriously and had already made a lot of incorporations into his diet as well. He trained with top-quality trainers, uh, top-quality gyms abroad, and eventually chose us to take him to the next level or to just continue his path and journey in fitness. So I did his assessment, and uh, the assessment is simply a place to figure out where a student is. Only if I know where a student is and only if the student knows where they are, can we agree on does the goal make sense, this is where we're going forward and all of it. An assessment is necessary, it's not an exam. And during the assessment I found out, well, this guy knew everything. This guy was pretty solid and he had this drive, this intense uh, commitment to, to not just being good, but being great. There were obviously a few glitches in uh, technique, and this is where we come in, and this is where you know I, I realize, okay, I could add a thing here, a thing there, and fine-tune these. My suggestion to him was to spend a quarter in the regular boot camp and after that I would move him to my advanced class. The advanced class is generally for people who've been training for three years or so and who find it absolutely trivial to show up three days a week. And I knew he would fit into that group but I just wanted some time to ease him in and work on some of those things. So when I suggested this to him, he was not having it. Sure, maybe a little bit of ego is involved, but I think impacts in a very positive way. It was very clear. He wanted to know what I felt was missing, explained it to him, and he said he would like to work on it in a one-on-one -on -one setting. It is not something we generally offer, but here was a guy who was clear about what he wanted. So we made an exception, and he spent a month fine-tuning his technique, and he jumped straight into the advanced class. Now he knows something about himself. Now he knows that he will do whatever it takes to clean things up. And he knew that he wanted to be in the advanced class because he likes to constantly challenge and push himself. Now, knowing this meant he could be clear about the path he wanted to go forward. Clarity, you see, can clean up a whole lot of things. And if you've been reading slash listening to me, you know clarity is something I am constantly looking for. When you have a student like this with the intent, with the drive, and with the humility, humility to learn, you just have to let them do their thing. And when people say, well done on being a great coach, 
you know, you didn't really do much, but it's like, hey, wave, yes, thank you, thank you, you know, that kind of stuff. But honestly, in cases like this, and in most cases, the student does most of it. What I learned from this episode, clarity, obviously, and the shortest path to mo most things is to get coached. Now, sometimes it's hard to find that right coach. Sometimes you want to figure things out for yourself, absolutely. But let's say today I wanted to learn to Olympic lift. It's been quite a while since I got coached on it. The simplest way is to find a coach. While it'll be fun for me to figure it out by myself because I already know the basics, blah, blah, blah. The shortest path is to get coached, is to find an expert, let them do the thinking for me. And all I have to do is do the work instead of trying to figure it out for myself. That's what I learned from working with this person and as always, a learning and enlightening experience. That's the first thing. Now, on to the three quotes for today. The first one's by Ryan Holiday. More than purpose, we also need realism. Where do we start? What do we do first? What do we do right now? How are we sure that what we're doing is moving us forward? What are we benchmarking ourselves against? When we started the quad, I thought passion, check, purpose, check. Because these were two things that I was not getting at my previous job. So I thought these two are checked. That's it, solved. This is gonna just be a cakewalk. Sure, hard work, but you know what they say, if you enjoy getting up and you don't think of it as work, it's not work. True, but passion and purpose without clarity, without realism, without are we making forward progress does not cut it. They are definitely important. I think purpose is more important than passion. Passion burns out. But realism, realism is crucial. And clarity, honesty, these are the factors that play a huge, huge role into this. The second quote comes from Charlie Munger the slightly less famous person behind Berkshire Hathaway. He says, I've never been able to predict accurately. I don't make money predicting accurately. We just tend to get into good business and stay there. Now, obviously, he's talking about finances and investing. But what I take from him especially you know, at the end of a year like this, predictions are useless. It's impossible to predict. It is tempting to say, okay, when things go back to normal, this is what I will do, but 
What's normal? We don't know anymore. Will it even go there? It can't. It will be slightly, if not extremely, different. So instead of trying to predict this is where things will be, I'm using this as an opportunity to keep working on worst case scenarios. Now, not being pessimistic, but just planning for, okay, this is what can go wrong, this might not work well, so on. Because if the worst case scenario does play out, well, I'm as prepared as I can be, and if things don't go as terribly as I imagine, then that's awesome. So, if somebody like Charlie Munger doesn't like to predict, I definitely should not be trying to forecast or predict. From Jason Fried and DHH comes this quote, and they talk a lot about working remotely. Now, these are the founders of uh, Basecamp, and DHH in particular uh, created uh, Ruby on Rails. Here's the quote. How fast you can reach someone has nothing to do with how quickly they need to get back to you. The content of the communication dictates that. Emergencies? Okay. You need me to resend that thing I sent you last week? That can wait. You need an answer to a question you can find for yourself? That can wait. You need to know what time the client's coming three days from now? That can wait. I love how these guys write. And not just that, they have put this into practice, not this year, but they've been doing this for the last 10, 15 years. Basecamp is a distributed company. And when these guys talk, it's worth listening to because we are all more or less forced to deal with the pandemic and figure out a new working from home, slash work-life situation. What I have realized for myself is not having a stretch of time without interruptions cripples me. Cripples my productivity, cripples my creativity, cripples my output, and I just produce subpar work. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm busy. I'm busy all the time, which is terrible. It doesn't work at all. And this is something, the next topic I'm going to dive into deeper interruptions, either in the form of email or phone calls or whatever, pull you out and you're staying at a surface level of work. You can't get deep. You can't get creative. You can't bite down into a problem. You can't daydream about it and come up with something interesting. So not confusing urgent with important and not confusing neither urgent nor important with urgent and important something I've been trying to put into practice. All right. Sometimes showing up is not enough. This is the last topic I have for today. Is showing up enough? Certainly. But sometimes when we're not fully present, we just fool ourselves. Now at the quad, we talk about show up three days a week and we got the rest covered and we stand by it at 
at least 90% of the amazing stories and results and transformations we've produced all these years stems from that sim simple single thing. Show up three days a week. Three out of seven. Definitely doable. Now, initially, a lot of uh, uh, people ask us, why three? Why not five? Why not seven? Minimum dosage. Once we hit minimum dosage, we can then think about more. More is not necessarily better. Now, most of us at the quad squad train about three to five days a week, but that's because the plan dictates. So anyway, showing up is the first battle. If you don't show up, it's like multiplying by zero, right? If you don't show up, it doesn't matter if your training plan is designed by Dan John or you found it uh, free off the internet. It doesn't matter if it's rubbish or world-class. If you don't show up at the gym, none of it matters. So even the silliest plan will show results if you show up regularly, right? And as we look at making plans for next year, because we like a clean slate and all of that. Without overthinking, if you can walk half an hour every day for the next year, your health is going to be way better than where it is today. Seriously. Half an hour every day the next year. Measure your blood work, cholesterol, blah, 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 blah. On, let's say, December 30 or Jan 2nd. Measure it next Jan 2nd. See the difference. So showing up, obviously, important. We're on the same page. But sometimes we show up, but that's it. We aren't actually fully present. Let's take work, for example. If we don't show up, we don't get paid. So we show up, we put attendance, right? This is what I did four years of college. I kind of sort of showed up. I learned absolutely nothing. I regressed in life and uh, grace and matter and all of those things because I didn't actually truly show up. Are we being pushed intellectually and creatively at our job? Are we out of our comfort zone? Are we producing work that we're truly capable of? Or are we on? Autopilot. This is something that I keep asking myself. If we aren't at the edge of our comfort zone, then I don't think we grow. I've been guilty of coasting quite a bit. Like I said, college was the time when I knew I was coasting. I hated it. I found it hard to motivate myself to do anything but coast. But funnily, when I think I'm over it, I realize there are many aspects where I'm not. For example, sometimes when work is highly stressful, I'm coasting in family life. I might show up for lunch or dinner, but I'm not fully present because, you know, the brain's fried, or there's 10 other things that I'm thinking about at work. And so creating a transition, for example, became very useful for me to switch from work to not work. 
As a coach, I have to show up. As an entrepreneur, I have to show up. But busyness, a packed schedule, has very little to do with productivity. That's what I have realized. In fact, and this is something I'm hoping to figure out by the end of uh, the next few months, how much can I free up my calendar? Can I keep doing lesser and lesser? Because what I've realized is the less things I have on my plate, the better my work quality seems to be. So a growing sense of discontent has fueled this for me. Just not entirely happy with quality of work being produced. Now, don't get me wrong. I work hard, okay? But I've realized hard work has a finite limit. And to quote uh, Dilbert, work smarter, not harder. That's, that's where we are. And one of the things of working smarter is to push ourselves. And I found this creep into the gym as well for myself. I show up, but barely do I put in enough work to make that progress happen. Oh, and I have enough excuses for it. Oh, I didn't sleep enough. I have this much work to do. I have only 20 minutes, blah, 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 blah. doesn't matter. If I don't stress myself enough, I am not going to make progress. I know this. And what I have done over the past year and some is consistently ask and probe deeper into this question. Am I showing up? And if I'm showing up, then am I truly showing up? That is, am I fully present when I show up? And when I realize I check a box, but I'm not checking the second box, the solution seems to be simple. There is a finite amount of output I have, so I just need to remove the things I try to show up for in terms of marking attendance, and then slowly improve how present I am in those cases. So going to the gym, it's very, very straightforward. Calculating effort has to be more than did I lift weights today? And there are tools for that. Am I pushing myself out of my comfort zone? Similarly at work, am I just coasting? Am I just fooling myself with a, oh, I had five meetings today, I answered 75 emails today, blah, blah, blah. Because what I've realized is the more I daydream, the more time I have to daydream, the lesser things I'm working on. In fact, I think the answer is one thing to work on at a time. I don't have the courage or the discipline to get there yet. I think that daydreaming time, free time, that is directly proportional to the quality of work. I produce. So if I could summarize this, it is simply show up, 
and be present. Don't just show up and expect things to happen automatically. Well, I hope you find this useful and I would love to hear thoughts, questions and feedback from you. And I'm going to take a break from doing this next week. And I will see you here on the 3rd of January, I think. So thank you for listening. I appreciate your feedback and your support. This is Coach AA signing off. You have a good break. And recharge your batteries. I'll see you on the other side. This is Coach AA signing off.